Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes with swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We are back at it here on KMOX, hour two of Sports Open Line on Thursday nights. That means it is the strike zone as it's nothing but baseball between now and 8 o'clock. As always, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Got a text message from the 936 asking if the Cardinals will have more than one of the required All-Stars this year. And, yeah, they will. I would I would be shocked if they had the single representation when it comes to All-Stars. Now, generally, more often than not, it feels like there's a handful of Cardinals that make it to the All-Star game. We've got a lot of time between now and the All-Star game. Um no matter what their numbers are, Arenado and Goldschmidt are always uh, going to be certainly considered, and we'll see what the voting looks like as well when it comes to that. From a pitching standpoint, I think if Miles Michaelis continues to look like some version of what he's looked like his last two outings, he doesn't have to go through a 7-8 scoreless innings uh, every single time. But if he looks like some version of that, I would say he would once again be an all-star. So, yeah, I, th- I think the Cardinals get multiple all-stars uh, this year. How many? I don't know. What's what's the ceiling? Maybe three, four, somewhere in there. But I, I, do, I do think it's still going to be uh, a situation where multiple individuals get selected for the all-star game this year. Again, uh, if you're just now joining us, the news of the day, this was a, a reported by uh, Jeff Jones from the Belleville News Democrat, has not yet really been confirmed by uh, much of the other Cardinals media, but it is starting to pick up some national attention. The report is that the Cardinals are calling up Jordan Walker, and he's going to be back with the team when they open up a series against Pittsburgh coming up tomorrow. I tweeted this out yesterday. So I get frustrated. I get frustrated at a lot of things. But I got frustrated a little bit with we would bring up the 19 games in 19 days thing. And I can't tell you how often I heard from people saying that's being used as an excuse, you don't want to hear it, that sort of thing. And every team goes through it. That, that's the first part of this. Every team goes through some version of a grueling part of a schedule. But that doesn't mean that that doesn't have an impact on, on, the, on human bodies that are playing the game. The Cardinals were clearly impacted by the 19 games in 19 days, as any team would be. 
And I thought about this last night, and, and I sent this tweet out last night. I was reading the uh, the AP game story from the Atlanta Braves-Oakland A's game yesterday. And the Braves did win that game yesterday, but prior to yesterday's game, the Braves, one of the best teams in baseball, had lost two straight games to Oakland, the worst team in baseball, one of the worst teams maybe in the history of baseball. The Oakland A's, this year's Oakland A's team, is as bad of a Major League Baseball team as we have seen in a really, really long time. So I will read from the AP Associated Press uh, story from yesterday's Braves-A's game, which the Braves did win. Quote, The victory came at the end of a grueling stretch for the NL East leading Braves. Atlanta played 19 games in 20 days, going 9-10 and during that stretch, heading into Thursday's day off. End of paragraph. So I bring that up to simply say this. Teams are impacted by tough parts of their schedule. That doesn't mean they shouldn't play them. That doesn't mean that you're feeling bad for them. That doesn't mean that it's just a free pass because they've played 19 games in 19 days. But at the same time, it's not fair to just ignore that. It's not fair to sit there and say, oh, well, these all these guys are doing are playing baseball. These guys are paid lots of money. Like that has nothing to do with it. They're they're human beings, and it's it's not easy. It, it's you, you go through it, and I get the fact that th- there's people listening right now going, "Oh, you never heard about that back in the day." You go back in in time, and you never heard about the, what was going on with the bodies when when games were being played so often. I would guess it was still going on then. It just wasn't talked about as much. Obviously, we live in a social media generation now, and we also live in a uh, in a time where we can we can. There are more numbers that we can put on the human body reaction to stress. We we know now exactly what's going on when you play that many games and that many days, and when you travel and all that stuff. It's it impacts you. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying it impacts you. And it's not being used as an excuse. I was talking about this earlier today when I did my hit uh, with Chris and Amy on the show. There's a difference between excuses and reasons. Excuses are, and what I said to him this morning is, excuses are when a starting pitcher goes out there and there's tons of hard contact and they get shelled and then they're talking in post game and they, there was some soft contact or there were, were some balls that squirt through because of the way the infield was shifted in one way or another. And when a, when a pitcher in that situation ignores the fact that there were 15 balls hit off him at uh, 100 miles per hour or more, I'm just an arbitrary number, but you get the idea, and just focusing in on the few moments where they got a little bit unlucky, that's an excuse. Simply sitting here and saying, 19 games in 19 days is going to take something out of you and it's going to impact you. That's a reason that that's, that's telling you what's going on. And I don't think there's anything uh, wrong with that. So I'm going to be really interested. I'm, I I'm of the belief that who the Cardinals are is closer to that group of players than that. The, the way that they played during the stretch where they won 12 of 16 games, they had lost, they went 10 and 24 and then they won 12 of 16, and then the last week or so hasn't been great. They lost two of three, 
against Cleveland. That was coming off a split of a four-game series against Cincinnati. I was okay. I was fine with that. It's hard to win a, uh, a four-game series. But they lose two of three against Cleveland, and then they split against Kansas City. And the game that they lost against Kansas City, that just wasn't a loss. It was a somewhat non-competitive game. So now they go into a stretch where they're coming off back-to-back off days. Are they going to go back into the version of themselves of when they were winning the 12 of 16? And the schedule lines up okay for them. Three-game series in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been playing a little bit better over the last week or so, but after their strong start to the season, they had fallen all the way below 500. They're back a game above 500 after a nice series against San Francisco. But they're they're... They're not a playoff team. They're probably not an above 500 team when the season comes to an end. Going to Texas, that's going to be challenging. The Rangers are having a really, really nice season. Of all the teams in baseball that maybe are a surprise, the Rangers at 35-20 and 20 might be the biggest surprise in baseball. They're really having a nice season. And then they're going to uh, match up against uh, the Cardinals. are going to match up against Cincinnati at home on Friday, June 9th. That's going to be the next time uh, they're back at home. I am not a believer in Cincinnati. There's been a lot of talk here recently about the Reds being kind of a legit team. I don't know. I don't buy it. I are there some pieces there? I would yeah, there's pieces. The Pirates have some pieces. I like the Pirates pieces better than the Reds pieces. I don't I don't buy in on kind of this this Reds momentum. However, to their credit, the Reds tonight go into their game against the Red Sox having won 5 straight and 6 of their last 7. When was the last time the Reds won five straight? So they they are playing better baseball, but I at the end of the year, I don't think the Reds are going to be there. I don't think the Pirates are going to be there. Uh, this division is still going to shuffle out in a little bit of a different way than how it looks right now. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Uh, we've got a couple guests coming up this hour here in the uh, Strike Zone Hour. We're going to be joined by uh, Brian Walton in just a few moments. And then uh, John Parado, who covers the Pirates, will join us at about 735. It's the Strike Zone, all part of Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. 
Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Back at it with the Strike Zone here on a Thursday night. We do it during the 7 o'clock hour here on Sports Open Line. Building the Future is sponsored by Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data communication needs. We always enjoy being able to talk with uh, Brian Walton, uh, part of the, really not just part of, he is the Cardinal Nation and CardinalNation.com, covering the Cardinals uh, minor leagues. I'll tell you this, uh, we this is a pre-recorded interview. We had to uh, pre-record with Brian earlier this afternoon. The news of the the day is that uh, a Jeff Jones report is that Jordan Walker is being recalled by the Cardinals and he's going to be back with the team tomorrow. When I spoke with Brian Walton earlier today, that news had not yet broken. So just keep that in the back of your mind as you listen to this conversation with uh, with Brian Walton. That uh, when we were talking about this earlier, we did not know that uh, Jordan Walker was uh, likely being uh, recalled by the Cardinals and will likely be back uh, on the roster and in the lineup coming up tomorrow when they match up against Pittsburgh. So with that, we will uh, welcome Brian Walton onto the program via the Quiver River Electric guest line. Brian, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. How are you? Hey, great. It's great to be on again, man. Yeah, let's um, let's start with the thing that may be uh, outside of what's going on directly at the big league level. Probably the number one topic of conversation right now is what's going on with uh, Jordan Walker, and that conversation continues to pick up. We'll get into some of the specifics, but just when you look at the last week, some of his comments, some of the other reporting, uh, his pro- performance on the field recently, how do you kind of uh, go through and, and view everything that's gone on uh, with Jordan Walker here over the last even just three, four days? Well, Jordan Walker is his, you know, his comments lead one to believe that he's kind of back to trusting his instincts and and you know doing what got him to where he was. And he's had three multi-hit games in his last uh, six or seven games, I believe. So you know, Jordan Walker is hitting much better. His OPS last month was 761, still not where it needs to be, but certainly starting to show signs of being more the player that we expect him to be. Uh, you know. I, I don't really have all the background on what happened, but I know that Jordan Walker's been in the Cardinal system now for multiple years, and so he either changed his swing or they decided they didn't like it once they got to the major leagues. And it's you know it's too bad that it kind of became this big issue, and you know Jordan Walker couldn't be able to work on it without you know all the intense pressure and focus on it. But you know we have to remember he just turned 21 years old. Um, he doesn't have any AAA experience until you know what he's gotten in the last few weeks, and so Jordan Walker's going to be back with St. Louis. It's just a matter of him, you know, getting more consistent again at the plate and the Cardinals having a need. And certainly right now there's a need in the outfield, no doubt about it. But the the terms of, under which he will come back up will be like it was the first time, which is he's not up there to sit on the bench. He's not going to be a role player like a, a Yepes. You know, when, when there's an opening and he shows he's ready, he'll be back in St. Louis and he'll be starting, you know, every day. Okay, so you just alluded to the fact that he's there to kind of do work on his swing a little bit. I, I kind of compare this to Nolan Gorman because at the end of last season, he got a little bit of big league time, obviously. He got more than a little bit during the season last year. But at the end of the year, they specifically instruct Gorman on some things that they want him to work on, and he does that in the offseason, and then he comes back very much uh, a different hitter. That happens in the offseason. It feels like this is very similar, the difference being this is happening in season, and he's trying to work on these things at Memphis. Do you think that's a a fair comparison? 
I, I do, Matt, and, and a lot of folks don't remember that Nolan Gorman actually finished last season in AAA. He wasn't with St. Louis down the stretch in September. He wasn't there in the in the brief playoff appearance. Uh, and, you know, that had to hurt, but yet we're talking about very young players and the history of Major League Baseball, the guys who, you know, are successful the first time up and never get sent back down again, that list is pretty short. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these young players have to learn what it takes to be a major leaguer. And, you know, Nolan Gorman's case, of course, he had to learn how to, you know, lay off the high pitches. And he, you know, certainly now has started to show his power that, you know, we we all knew was there, but it was just a matter of whether the strikeouts were going to be too big of a problem. And in Jordan Walker's case, you know, hopefully he'll deliver a little more power that the Cardinals would like. But I think, you know, Jordan Jordan Walker is a very, very good athlete, a very good baseball player, and this, this, this won't, you know, this will slow his career down by a few months. But over the long haul, this will become, uh, you know, a non-issue uh, pretty soon in the future. I think. You mentioned the multi-hit games, and it feels like when he does get hits. In fact, uh, the last one, two, three, four, five, the last six AAA games that he's had at least one hit, he's had multiple hits. But in that time, he's had just about the same amount of games where he has gone hitless. Is it? Do you think the organization is still looking for some level of consistency from him where he goes on a multi-game run of really coming through at the plate? Well, you know, we saw that in St. Louis, right? He had that 12-game hitting streak to open his career, which was a record. But, you know, some of those games he only had one hit. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't necessarily dominating all those games. And then he went through a period where it was a dry spell. I'm, I certainly think the Cardinals would want to see him be more consistent. Uh, you know, of course, he's not going to have a hit every day. But certainly you don't want a lot of offers either. And, you know, Walker has the benefit of being in a very, very good Memphis lineup. Uh, Moises Gomez is hitting well. Yeah. Uh, Luke and Baker's been hitting well all year. So, you know, he's not expected to be the man, the only guy to get the big hit to drive in the runs because there are some guys on that team that uh, can swing the bat as well. Those were the next two guys I wanted to talk to you about, so we'll jump right in. We continue to be joined by uh, Brian Walton. Uh, the, he uh, runs and uh, is the owner-operator of the CardinalNation.com. A lot of Cardinal fans really want to see Luke and Baker, and it would take a 40-man move. Uh, I, I know some some view him more as a 4A player than a big league player, but it, it, Brian, it's it's hard to to look past the numbers he's putting up at AAA, and you combine that with what he did even in spring training this year. This guy's got an, an impressive run that he's on right now. Yeah, he was our player of the month and the, the organization's player of the month in April, and in May – uh, he drove in 29 runs in 26 games, uh, 300, 400, 500 slash line. I mean, it's just Luke and Baker's just been the guy, the consistent hitter in the center of that Memphis lineup. But as you alluded to, Luke and Baker's a first base only player, and Paul Goldschmidt has that job and will have that job as long as he's under contract. And the only other place that he could play, Luke and Baker, is designated hitter. And the Cardinals already have more guys competing for those designated hitter bats than they can find room for. And so, you know, bringing up Luke and Baker would require them to say, okay, you know, we've got to solve the middle infield. We've got to, you know, basically designate a designated hitter. And that's something that they've been, uh, you know, not willing to do to this point. And then Moises Gomez, he got the chance in Major League Spring Training this year, coming off a year where he led the minors in home runs. He had a complete power outage in the spring. That power outage continued into the early part of the regular season this year. And then all of a sudden, just at the snap of a finger, he has been hitting home runs in the prodigious manner that he was hitting them last year. And he is a guy who's on the 40-man. So it feels like there could be an opportunity for this guy at the big leagues. Absolutely. I think you're on the key point, and that is that 
Moises Gomez has a 40-man roster spot. The Cardinals had to add him last year, last fall, uh, to protect him from the Rule 5 draft. So there's nothing you know, to keep uh, Moises Gomez from being the next guy called up. But you alluded to his rough start. In the month of April, the entire month of April, he hit just one home run, had an OPS of under 600. And, you know, this is a guy, like you said, that led the, the, the minor leagues in home runs last year. What happened? Well, whatever he figured out in May when the calendar flipped over, he hit 12 home runs last month. I mean, that's a, you know, a, an amazing total for one player in one month. And he drove in 23 runs in 25 games. Uh, 1025 OPS. So Moises Gomez is hot. Now the downside is a 30% strikeout rate. And that's something that you see in a lot of power hitters. So, you know, there's going to be some hit and miss with Moises Gomez, but with the Cardinals outfield, you know, in relative disarray, you know, he's a guy that some people would like to see, get a chance and see what he can do. I think my favorite question to ask people like you guys who uh, cover uh, the minor leagues and watch what's going on in the minor leagues on an everyday basis, there's always those guys who kind of come out of nowhere, guys that you really start to appreciate their skill set and nobody's talking about them. Uh, we're still fairly early on in the season, but is there a guy or two so far this year across the Cardinals minor league system that you've taken a special look at that people like me are not talking about? Well, there's a couple of young guys down in A-ball. Uh, Ian Bedell, who's a local product, has had a lot of injuries, has has uh, just not been able to stay healthy since being drafted. But uh, he's moved to the rotation in Peoria. Last month had a 1.45 ERA, uh, 19 strikeouts and 18 and two-thirds innings. Bedell's a guy, because of his, his age and experience, should be able to move up fairly quickly. I expect to see him in Springfield later this year. Uh, Edwin Nunez, a young man from uh, Cuba that the Cardinals signed a few years back, 100-mile-an-hour velocity but couldn't throw strikes. Seems to have figured that out in Palm Beach. 19 strikeouts in just 13 and two-thirds innings last month, 1.32 ERA. So Edwin Nunez, uh, reliever, a couple of saves, is a guy that, again, you know, has a lot of potential to be a potential you know, future bullpen piece for the Cardinals. Also at uh, Peoria, Tink Hens. He's been a, a little bit of a injury situation that sidelined him for close to a month, but he's been back pitching regularly. Uh, he went four innings his last time out. That's as, that's as deep of a game as he's pitched in this year. Is that probably going to be it for him? Do you think we're not going to see much more than, than four or so innings from Hens throughout the course of the year? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we were told this spring. But, you know, I don't know if and when the plans will change. Some type of uh, chest tightness or um, issue in his upper body was something that was, of, you know, of concern. Um, he's back now, like you said, but they've never allowed him to about 60 pitches, 65 pitches, go four innings. And, you know, for all the potential Tink Hens has, at some point, if he's going to be a major league starter, you know, he's got to be stretched out. Now, you know, he's slight a build, and so maybe they're waiting for him to, to fill out a little bit. I think he's still 20. I don't think he's turned 21 yet, if I remember correctly. But so still a very young man, but he's moved very, very slowly. When you realize he was a high schooler in the same class as high schoolers Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker, and those two guys are at Memphis now. One of them has major league experience, and Tink Hens is still, you know, throwing four innings back in high A. So, you know, I'm a little impatient about Tink Hens. I'd like mm -hmm. to see him, you know, uh, be unleashed to do what he can do. But the Cardinals obviously have reasons to continue to take it careful with him his second year. He is uh, Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. Tell, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what you guys have going on at the site. Well, we have local reporters in the East of the Minor League Affiliates, so you can read a weekly report that goes into depth on each team. We have uh, game recaps of all the games that are played in the system with box scores from the night before. Those are free every day. Uh, just put up the 
player of the month for the system, and that's Yvonne Herrera, the catcher uh, in Memphis. We didn't really talk about Yvonne, but he had a uh, 1135 OPS, um, 14 extra base hits last month, more walks than strikeouts. So you can read about Yvonne Herrera as our player of the month and a number of these other players who had great months, including uh, many of the guys we talked about. And our pitcher of the month will be up. And so we have uh, you know, regular features on that and all the transactions that occur across the system explaining who's where and why. He is Brian Walton. Follow him on Twitter at B underscore Walton. Get to the CardinalNation.com. Brian, thanks so much for the time. We'll do this again real soon. Thanks, Matt. Brian Walton joining us here on Sports Open Line. It's the Strike Zone here. We do that uh, during the 7 o'clock hour on Thursday night, talking all things baseball. Again, we recorded that conversation prior to the reported news that Jordan Walker is going to be back with the Cardinals. The Cardinals have yet to confirm that bit of news, but uh, since that report came out, nobody has uh, said, no, that's not true. So every minute that goes by, it seems like it is more and more likely that indeed Uh, That report is correct and that we are going to see Jordan Walker back with the Cardinals moving forward. When we return, we will talk with uh, John Parado. He's one of my favorite baseball people to be able to talk to. He covers the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates had a great start to the season, then they fell off, and now they've been uh, a little bit better here recently. Who are the Pittsburgh Pirates? We'll talk with John in just a moment as we roll on. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line. The Strike Zone continues here on KMOX. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. A Graybar Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. It is the Strike Zone, Thursday night, 7 o'clock hour. We do nothing but baseball. The Cardinals, after back to back off days, they get back at tomorrow evening. They are going to match up against the Pittsburgh Pirates in Pittsburgh. Pirates had a great start to the season, then really uh, went into the tank. And here over the last few days, they've been playing better. In fact, they've got themselves back above 500. We're happy to welcome on the program my friend John Parado. He covers uh, the Pirates for a number of different outlets, including the folks at uh, Pittsburgh Baseball Now. You follow him on Twitter at Jay Parado. John, thanks for the time. As always, how are you? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you? Doing well. Good uh, to be able to talk to you. That's one of the benefits of when the Cardinals play the Pirates. It's an excuse to uh, to bring you on. And uh, what do you make of this season for the Pirates? Because they got off to just that great start. Then it felt like it was all going to go away when they fell back below 500. But man, give this team some credit. They've been able to rebound a little bit here recently. Yeah, they have. That was a good way to end their last road trip uh, yesterday by winning two of three from San Francisco. But, you know, people are a little disappointed here. They got off to the great start, 20-8, and eight, and I think people got a little overexcited and thought maybe this team was a little bit better than it actually is. You know, they, they've struggled since the 20-8 and eight start. But I, I think if you went back to the morning of March 30th, opening day, and you told Pirate fans, or even a lot of people really in the Pirate front office, it's say on June 1st, you'd be a game over 500 and only a half game out of first place. 
in the division. I think everybody would have been happy with that. It's just that that such the great start has kind of been erased a little bit. Uh, the uh, they won a lot of games without O'Neill Cruz, but sometimes you see that you lose a key player, you get a little bit of a, a bit of a bump, and then eventually you start to to fall back. During that period that they went into their lull, how much were they missing him? You know, I think they they certainly miss him. There's no doubt. I mean. When you talk pure talent, Matt, he's clearly the most talented player on the roster. He can run. He can hit for power. He has a cannon arm. Uh, you know, he's still raw, and there's a, a lot of refinement left to go in his game. But it's tough to take a guy like that out of the lineup. But, but I will say this. They've compensated pretty well. First, you had Rodolfo Castro uh, at shortstop. He hit well, but his defense is a little shaky, and they've put the – a young guy named Tucapita Marcano at shortstop here over the last 10 days to two weeks. And he's really given them a spark hitting-wise, and he's played a pretty decent defense, too. You look at Andrew McCutcheon. He's got his average up to 273. He was down in the 245, 250 range not even two weeks ago. He's lifted his average here recently. He's coming off a three-hit game in his last time out. Is this, is this real from McCutcheon? We haven't seen these kind of numbers from him in recent years. You know, I, I think it is, Matt. And I think the reason he tailed off a little bit there for a while is he rolled his ankle in, in mid-April, and I think it bothered him more than he let on. He had DH for about a month straight, hadn't been able to play in, in the field until this past road trip. So, uh, you know, I, he's rejuvenated. Not that he was still a bad player in, in Philly or, or Milwaukee, but certainly not to the level of the player he was in his prime here in Pittsburgh. But he's had a really good year, and, and I can be honest, I've known Andrew going back to when he was 17 years old and got drafted by the Pirates out of high school in uh, Fort Meade, Florida. And this is the happiest that I've ever seen him. He really, really, really is happy to be back home in Pittsburgh. He, he married a girl from Pittsburgh. He has three kids now, three, uh, three small children. And I, I'll be quite honest, Matt, you know, I, I've talked to him. When, as a visiting player, when he would come in with the Giants or the Phillies or the Brewers into Pittsburgh, and I didn't realize how much he missed Pittsburgh and how much he missed playing for the Pirates until this year and, and this spring training and talking to him and them throughout the year. And uh, he's really rejuvenated and he's playing really well. He's still in great shape, and. Uh, I, I don't think this is a fluke. I think uh, that he's still an above-average big league player. Okay, I, I'm I'm really not trying to be a jerk when I ask the question the way I'm about to ask it, but people hear what you just said, and you look at some places that he's played with pretty good fan support and things like that. What What is it about Pittsburgh that McCutcheon loves so much because it feels like maybe there would be better situations in some of these other teams he's played for? Yeah, and honestly, Matt, I thought that he was kind of happy to be out of town because most guys that get traded out of here, especially the last few years when they've been really bad or couldn't wait to pack their bags and, and, and head out of town, uh, I just think it's home for him. And I think he has a lot of great memories. You know, he, he was drafted by this organization. He, he met his wife. She was part of the Spirit Squad or whatever they call it at PNC Park that, you know, shoots T-shirts into the stands and things like that that's how he met her and she's a uh, western pennsylvania girl and they they, they've lived here since they got married about seven years ago 
I just think uh, I just think he fell in love with the city, and I think he 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 knows that he was a fan favorite. And I mean, it's just been every time he comes to bat, it's a, still a big deal when he comes up. He doesn't get standing ovations anymore, but still gets a, a much more rousing ovation than any other player. And I I just think it really really became home to him. And I think once he went somewhere else, not that he was necessarily unhappy with any other team. But I just think he missed that home feeling of, of being in Pittsburgh where his wife's from and where everybody knew him and where he had his most uh, glorious season. Under the category of pretty good Major League players that nobody's talking about, you could probably put Jack Sawinski in that category. And you look at his OPS, it's 859. That's a, that's a good, solid OPS. He's got some home runs. He's got some extra base hits. He'll draw a walk. There's a lot of really good numbers for him when you when you go up and down his stats. And he's been a big part of what the Pirates are doing. And, it you know, outside of Pittsburgh, I don't think a whole lot of people are talking about Jack Sawinski. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of people here in Pittsburgh are down on him. The talk show callers and the social media people, uh, you know, they talk about he's only got a 214 lifetime batting average and just about a full year of major league service. I'm very bullish on Jack Sawinski, and I, I agree with you, Matt. I think he's a very well-kept secret, uh, maybe even here in Pittsburgh still to an extent. He's already hit 30 home runs and 550 at-bats, so he has big-time power. You're right, he'll, he'll work a walk. He does strike out a lot, and I know that that has some fans down on him. And he does struggle with lefties, but I see enough signs of him getting better as a hitter all the time. And he's also a pretty decent defensive outfielder. They've played him a lot in center field, and he's been fine. He's not necessarily a gold glove guy, but he certainly holds his own or maybe even a little bit above average in center field. I I think he has a chance to be a star player. I I think he's only scratched the surface of what he can do. I I think he will cut down on the strikeouts. I've talked to him about it, and he realizes he needs a better contact percentage. And I think that he'll hit lefties enough that you won't have to platoon him. And I think think he has a chance to be one of the the key players uh, here in Pittsburgh uh, going forward in these next few years. Talking with John Parado, he covers the Pirates from a pitching perspective. Again, going to guys that nobody's talking about. And this guy, there's there's no way to say anything but good things about uh, the job that uh, Mitch Keller is doing as he's put together just a fantastic season. Dude, 7-1, 3.25 ERA, 93 strikeouts in 74 and two-thirds innings, 93 strikeouts to 17 walks. I mean, my goodness, he's one of the best pitchers in the National League right now. He really is, and he's still a, a pretty well-kept secret outside of Pittsburgh. I think the the rest of the baseball fans around the country are starting to realize that this kid's really good. He, he turned it around. It was just about this time last year. It was late May. They moved him to the bullpen, and he was really struggling as a starter, and he really struggled as a starter ever since he first got called up in 2019. And the Pirates were hoping – either one of two things, either they would get him back on track and he could go back in the rotation or he could develop into a pretty strong late inning high leverage reliever. Well, it turned out he had a couple of good long relief outings. They put him back in rotation. And in the last four months of last season and the first two months of this season, he's been really, really good. Like the statistics you just uh, said, I mean, that says it all. He's got a strikeout to walk ratio of almost six. 
His ERA is barely over three, seven and one. He's the, the first pirate pitcher to have seven wins on June 1st since Garrett Cole had mm. his big uh, 19 win season in 2015. He's a really good pitcher. He really took his lump. And there were times where even he admits he, he had self-doubt crept in, whether he thought he could be a big league pitcher or not. But he's hung with it. He's stayed with it. and he, He's worked. Uh, he's learned a lot. He's just gotten a lot better. He understands the art of pitching better. He's gotten physically stronger, and he throws his fastball up in the high 90s now. And uh, it, it's really good to see because they've had a hard time developing pitchers here in the last few years. And certainly to have somebody like this, a, a, a number one, eventually, I, I don't know if you can call him a number one quite yet, but somebody who certainly is on the cusp of being a number one starter and being a homegrown uh, product on top of it is, is certainly a big shot in the arm for the Pirates. Feels like there's more good than bad in the rotation. Rich Hill is a, a an old guy who he's not great every time out, but he pretty much always gives you a chance to win. And every once in a while, he'll really find it. Uh, the Cardinals will see Roency Contreras coming up tomorrow. He's putting together a nice season. Johan Oviedo came over from the Cardinals uh, last year uh, in a trade, and and he has his moments again. This is it's not one of the best rotations in the National League, but it feels like every time out, uh, there's a there's a Pittsburgh pitcher that's going to give the team a chance to win. You know, you're right, Matt. They don't have one of the, you know, certainly not one of the very best rotations in the National League, but they're solid, and like you said, they've kept them in games. They already have more wins from their starting pitchers this year than they had all of last year, so that tells you how big of a leap this rotation has taken after being god-awful the last couple of years here when they lost 100 games each season, and uh, you know, the Rich Hill thing, old being relative, Matt, I will say that, but anyway, <laughs> is no, he's done a good job. He's stable. You know, he's had a couple bad outings, but he's been good more than he's been bad and the thing that he's also brought to as a bonus is you know he's a great guy he loves to talk pitching he's very personable he's a real people person uh the starting pitchers the young kids like keller and and you know the other ones you mentioned they really gravitate to him and he has a lot of wisdom for a guy that's been in the big leagues a long time he's willing to share it and those kids are willing to listen to him He's John Parado. He covers the Pirates for a number of publications, including uh, Pittsburgh Baseball Now. Always love talking with him. John, thanks as always for the time. I'm sure we'll catch up again real soon. Sounds good, Matt. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. You bet. That's John Parado. Follow him on Twitter, by the way, at uh, J-P-E-R-R-O-T-T-O. Uh, great baseball guy and always enjoy being able to uh, chat with him. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll uh, wrap up the program tonight, both Sports Open Line and here this uh, Strike Zone Hour that we do on Thursday nights. We're uh, back in just a moment here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Starting to wrap things up here on this edition of the Strike Zone, part of Sports Open Line here on KMOX. What's on deck is presented by Chesterfield Fence and Deck as we look ahead to what's coming up. By the way, Chesterfield Fence and Deck, the sign you have, the very best. Cardinals are back at tomorrow night as they open up a weekend series against the Pirates. The pitching matchup tomorrow, pretty good one. Jack Flaherty will go for the Cardinals 3-4, and 4.81 ERA. It'll be Ryan C. Contreras going for the Buccos. He's 
three and four with a 4.33 ERA. 6.05 first pitch tomorrow night. That means our coverage is set to begin at 5.10. Got a text message from uh, Fred in Columbia. He said, so disappointed that Tommy Edmond and uh, Brendan Donovan are listed on the all-star ballot as outfitters. They should be listed at shortstop and second, respectively. Gorman should be listed at DH. The all-stars should be based off what they've accomplished in the half of the season at their main positions. DeYoung has not been worthy long enough. I I tend to agree with what you're saying. It, it felt like, and the way this works out is every team gets one player at each position to go onto the ballot, and basically the team select who those players are. It felt like when the Cardinals were making the decision, they were a little bit prisoners of the moment based off how the roster looked. And I don't know the exact date of when they had to turn that in, but it felt odd. It felt weird having Edmund and Donovan sitting there uh, as outfielders. But right now, the way the roster is constructed, at least before we got the news today, that uh, it sounds like Jordan Walker is going to be back with the team. Edmund and Donovan pretty much had to be in the outfield. I, I don't have a problem with Gorman at second. I think the Cardinals lineup on an everyday basis is probably at its best with Gorman at second. You can do some other things at the DH spot. Uh, I, I know there's people, you know, Paul DeYoung is such a polarizing player. There's people who are already celebrating the fact that he has struggled in the last week. And all I would say is everybody has struggled in the last week. They hit like 180 over a six game period. So we, I think we need to hold DeYoung to the same standard that we hold everybody else. The only difference being is that DeYoung's last two years weren't very good. So when you start to see him struggle, that little voice in the back of your head starts to say, okay, is this him reverting back to who he was over the last two years? It's legitimate to wonder that and ask that. Some people kind of celebrate that because they're anti-DeYoung, and I I don't get that. But when, when this team is at its best is when Paul DeYoung is playing his best and he's at shortstop because he's got power, and he plays a really, really good defensive shortstop. And you want Gorman in the lineup every day. I'm fine with him at second. They, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Donovan now and with Edmund, with Jordan Walker being back. We don't, For all we know, Lars Newbar is going on the injury list tomorrow. We don't know what the other side of that move is going to be with Walker uh, getting called up. Maybe Newtbar's back is just going to kind of stick with him, so it's almost a necessity, and we're going to continue to see Edmund and Donovan play mainly in the outfield, but it's going to be Walker instead of Newtbar that's out there. I don't know. We'll learn more uh, coming up tomorrow. At Your Service is on the way in just uh, a couple minutes at 8 o'clock. Mikey Lim's in. He's going to be uh, on uh, hosting tonight. What do you got uh, on the uh, program this evening? Lord, we got a lot going on this evening. And I would tell you all about it, but I gave my list to Matt. No, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're actually uh, doing a little bit of, of everything tonight. Joe McCullough is the new prosecutor out in St. Mm-hmm. Charles County. Um, you may remember his brother was a prosecutor here in St. Louis County for a very long time. So Joe gets to go make a difference in St. Charles. We're going to talk to him around 8.15. Ed Akers is in for local 636 day. It's going on this weekend in Frenchtown. It's going to be a really good time. So we'll talk to some folks about going on there. And we get the chance to talk to a legendary guy of KMOX, Casey Van Allen. Okay. He's going to join us. All right. Casey was a production manager here for over 20 years. Great guy, great voice, but we're going to talk about what's going on at Lake of the Ozarks. There is a ton of stuff going on out there. Even Jimmy Buffett is at Lake of the Ozarks now, and uh, so there's a lot going on. So we're gonna we're gonna talk with him. You've had a great show. 
I try. Thank you. I, I paid you to say that, so appreciate I, you following through. I, I, I was listening, driving in, and I'm right there with you when people start talking about the fact of uh, 19 games in 19 days may not be an excuse, but let me see you play 19 games in 19 days, and then tell me how you feel. Yeah, it's a reason. They're not going to play as well at the end of 19 games in 19 days as they are at the beginning. D- do you work 19 days in a row? Probably not. I used to, but, but I don't now I don't. The majority, yeah, it's most like you people were talking don't. about with DeYoung. Yeah. You know, people pulling against a Cardinal player, you do realize you're pulling against your team. Yeah, right? there, there's this anti-DeYoung sentiment out there from, I think it's a vocal minority, but it exists. And it's connected to his contract and a lot of other stuff that we don't have time to get into. But yeah, it's uh, interesting. Have a good show. Good Thank to talk you to you. Much. Good to see you as well. Appreciate it. Uh, at Your Service is on the way next. I'll be with you tomorrow evening at 5-10, 6.05 first pitch. Cardinals Pirates opening up a big weekend series. Cardinals have an opportunity to knock down that deficit in the division a little bit more with a uh, division rivalry. We'll talk to you tomorrow for our Cardinals Radio Network coverage of Cardinals baseball. This has been the Strike Zone brought to you by Gray Bar. We appreciate their support of everything here at KMOX. They are such uh, a great company and we appreciate everything they do sports-wise especially. And we'll talk to you tomorrow here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.